from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. Hope you guys are all having a wonderful Friday. Second hour of the show, we get to jump right in, do a news roundup, which is a lot of fun. Matt Butler joins me. Matt, welcome. Good evening. Good to be here. So, uh, news roundup, for anybody who's unfamiliar, is a segment where we like to look back on all the other shows, find out what they were talking about, and it gives us a chance to chat about what they're chatting about, and we get to see what the other shows are doing. Matt has to do a lot of work in order to do this. He has to listen to like 12 hours of radio. It is exhausting. It must but be. But I do it for the people. Yeah, good for you. I'm glad you do. But before that, we're going to get into the trivia. Did you get this earlier, do you think? Did you get this uh, trivia when I introduced it earlier? A lot I, of people, a lot of people did. I think I know. Yeah, I think I know. But All right, I'm going to play it one more time, and then I'm going to let you tell everyone what it's from. All right, here it is. Here's your trivia. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. All right, it's pretty short. Oh, see, now I'm not confident in my guess. Jeez. I'm starting to doubt myself. Do you want me to just tell you what it yeah, is? Yeah, enlighten me. All right, Office Space. Yeah, okay. I, oh, I was on the tip that of my tongue. Movie I love that movie. It holds up so well. It's yeah. such a good movie. It's fantastic. It's we play a clip from that sometimes on the show, the two Bobs, yep. you know, that are I love interviewing that clip. the Yeah, it's so good. So good. All right, let's get right to it. On Seattle's Morning News, Dave on Gen Z and shopping malls. I actually have a story about shopping malls. We'll tell it in a second. But yeah, let's do Dave Gen Z shopping malls. Here it is. Now that I'm old and out of touch, my stereotype of the typical Gen Z person is a work-at-home 20-something whose social interactions consist of walking to the front door and picking up a pile of packages, half of which they will end up returning. (laughs) Then they order a pizza on DoorDash and call it a day. But now, I have to take it all back. Because a 2023 survey by the International Council of Shopping Centers, which apparently is just being publicized, found that 47% of Gen Z respondents said they prefer to shop in physical stores over online. That's more than any other generation. And as a result, malls are bouncing back. At first, that didn't make sense to me. Gen Z is supposedly into instant gratification, and that means online shopping. That's why Amazon is spending millions figuring out ways to parachute stuff into your yard 15 minutes after you order it. But somewhere along the line, Gen Z discovered that there are these places called shopping malls where all sorts of stores are nestled side by side, each one with shelves stocked with products which you can not only see, but can see in super high-def, true-color 3D. And not only that, these stores make the 3D experience so real that you can reach out and actually pick up the thing that you want to buy. And then, get this, there's a biologically intelligent sales associate to instantly process your order so you can receive it in real time without having to pay for postage or wait for delivery. Talk about instant gratification. And to see Gen Z discover this incredible life hack is what's made them my new favorite generation. Maybe there's a future for real-life, in-person humor interactions after all. I wonder if I should reveal to them that there are dining spaces where you can walk in, sit down, and people bring you hot food that's still hot and doesn't have to be unwrapped. Isn't that that interesting about shopping malls? Yeah. Yeah. I found it fascinating. And I mean, online shopping is great. It's convenient. But I really, the main reason I don't go to the mall more is because I'm poor. If I had money, I would love the mall. Like, I love the the Lego stores. I love the real experience of going to the mall. So I hadn't been into a mall in probably, I'm trying to think, like at least two years. I just, I have no, I have no call to go into a mall. And my wife, the other day, she was like, hey, I need some stuff and we're going to go to Bell Square. Mm -hmm. And so 
she's like, you know, it'd be really fun. Let's bring the boys. Yeah. And let's give them the experience of a Friday night at Bell Square, which is like, you know, growing up, like that's where my wife would go growing up and like you would, you know, go as a teen. Yeah. You'd hang around. out with your friends. That was a yeah, hangout spot. Absolutely. But that was like 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, there was a time where like malls were kind of like ghost worlds. Yeah. Like go, just ghost, ghost lands. Towns. Yeah. Just ghost towns. Yeah. That's the word. Ghost world. That's not a word. <laughs> ghost world. Sounds like it a movie. Was, it was a ghost world. And so we go to the mall, and I didn't know what what to expect. And Bell Square's always maintained a really, like, a pretty good group of people going there. I was not prepared for how packed it was. Really? It was packed with people. Mm. I couldn't even believe how many people were at Bell Square. Like, every parking spot was filled yeah. in the free parking, which is great. I love the free parking. Thank you, Kemper Freeman. And it was a really fun experience because I haven't been in a mall that's been filled to that capacity since I was a teenager. Yeah, And so you go in there and it is like, it was just describing, it's this fun new experience. And yeah. Gen Zers are discovering what you and I discovered when we were teenagers, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, this is a fun outing. You can see things, you can you can see and be seen at a mall. Yes. And I think that's what the Gen Z folks are, are seeing now. And it is, you know. And after I'm, all of the isolation during the pandemic and all, I think people are just rediscovering getting out again. Oddly, and it's it took like, the pandemic. Hey, this, is, this, is, this is fun. There's a reason why people did this. Yeah. You know? The pandemic, I guess, shaved, uh, not shaved, saved the shopping mall. Yeah. It shaved the shopping, shopping mall. My kids also, I was talking about this on the show the other day, but you might remember this. This is the first time that they've had a chance to ride an escalator. Oh, yeah, yeah. And did I tell you about this? You mentioned that. Yeah. The, yeah. They could not figure it out. And so we're standing at the bottom of these stairs that are moving, and they're just like, why are these stairs moving? So we get on the stair, and my oldest son, he literally almost falls over because he's like not prepared that once you step on the step, it just keeps moving. Yeah. And so I get on it thinking that they're going to be right behind me, just like little ducklings following me. I get on, and then I turn around and look back. And they've all bunched up like a little traffic jam. And there's all, because the mall's packed, yeah. there's now like 10, 20, 30, all these people waiting for my three sons and then my wife to get on. And she's like trying to urge them on like, all right, kids, just on. step on, just confidently get on the escalator. You're going to be fine. So I'm now walking backwards down the steps trying to catch up. I'm like, guys, come on, let's go, let's go. And so we eventually get them on. We ended up riding it like six times. Yeah. We're like, we should practice this. I mean, this is a practical a life skill. skill they might want to have at some yeah. point. Anyway, a lot of fun. Glad Gen Z are discovering them again. Good for you guys. G and Ursula, we're talking about concerns over youth sports and your child's health. Right now we want to talk about sports. And I think most people would agree that having kids in organized sports is a good thing. However... When does a good thing become a bad thing? When does it go too far? These days, more than 60 million kids take part in organized sports, but about 70% get out of the game by the time they turn 13. Why? Because of injuries and burnout. A new American Academy of Pediatrics report looks at overuse injuries, overtraining, and burnout in young athletes. Pain is your body's indication of telling you to take it easy, to slow down, to allow these micro injuries to heal. Rest is best. Listen to your body and stretch, stretch, stretch. Dr. James Barcy with Stony Brook Children's Hospital says kids who overtrain can develop overuse injuries because growing bones can be more vulnerable to stress injuries. And doctors are also saying that taking part in one sport year round can be detrimental. They actually try to discourage that. 
I did some interviews. I, I did a bunch of stories for a series on concussions uh, years back, mm-hmm. and I talked to some uh, pediatric specialists at Seattle Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. and they said the same thing. It's like it's these repetition injuries and these these sports that a lot of young people are doing at a younger and younger age, and then specializing in them very early. And sometimes that specialization can. Uh, end up with lots of injuries and burnout. The kids just don't want it anymore mm-hmm. at a very young age. You know what's interesting about this? When I was growing up, I'm sure people did it, and 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 but they would have been kind of early to it. But when I was a kid, you were not specializing in a sport. Right. You were playing many, many sports. Like when yeah. I was young, I played basketball, I played baseball, yep. I played soccer, we swam, we did everything. Yeah. And we tried to do as much well as rounded. possible. Yeah, yeah and, and they say, actually, like they say, that's the best way to help your kid not only figure out which sport they like, mm-hmm. but you're also developing, like the skills that you learn in soccer yeah. are so different than the skills you learn in baseball. Exactly. And so you're actually helping them like physically, like build balance skills, all yes. these different things that yes. kids are not doing now because they're just specializing. I can never... I should never be surprised at our capacity to overdo things Mm -hmm. as humans. Like, we just did the story a second ago about the shopping malls. There was a time when nobody went to shopping malls. They just said, nope, we're done with this. We're not going to do it anymore. And now we're finding it again. Everything kind of comes in waves. And so maybe, like with youth sports, we're going to do this too. Like, for a while there, for like 10, 15 years, 10, 20 years, everybody was sticking their kids in early to sports. And they were making them commit to one specific sport. And then they were getting specialized trainers for that right. specific sport. And then the kids, by the time they're 13, they're so sick of that thing. Where do you think that stemmed from? Did you think it was stemmed from parents going, oh, if my child adapts this sport and really excels, then they have a brighter future with scholarships, routes to good colleges, or professional career? Was the parental pressure a part of that? Of course, yeah. Yeah, hugely. Because I, I don't think most kids are saying, hey, I want to go to four practices a week and I want to see a personal trainer who's going right. to help me develop in my skill for lawn bowling or yeah. whatever stupid thing <laughs> it lacrosse. is. Or lacrosse or whatever. You Rowing. Know? But I do think it's parents who go, oh, if I just had access to this stuff when I was a kid, then I could have been so much better. Yeah. The truth is, yes, there is a certain amount of like extra coaching that will help your kids. But I grew up with some phenomenal athletes. Like, I played baseball with some really, really good athletes in my high school. A few of them that I played with since I was 12 went on to become professional baseball players. Nice. And everyone knew at 12 which players were going to be professional baseball (laughs) players. Yeah, it was obvious. It didn't matter how much extra coaching they got, how many extra baseball academies that they went to between the ages of 12 and 18. Mm. Those kids were special. Yeah. They were really good. They had it. You hear that term all the time. Yes, they just had it. They had it, whatever it is. And, you know, they have some little extra bit of magic fairy dust that yeah. makes them special on They're, on a sports the field. Yeah. They have a gift. So, yeah. But I think it's parents who are pushing kids into doing these things. And right. it just doesn't work out all the time. And, and clearly kids are burning out. Some kids benefit from it. And some kids discover hidden wells of talent that they didn't know they had. But... I think a lot of times it's just parents who are overdoing it. All right, Jack and Spike, they're talking about Jon Stewart. What's Jon Stewart up to these days? He's in retirement. He's never coming out of retirement, right? Jon Stewart will be returning to The Daily Show as a host. I stand corrected. Just on Mondays, he's coming back because they are out a host because Trevor Noah, who is actually a very funny guy, Mm -hmm. not on The Daily Show. He actually was, in my mind, some of his stand-up specials are very funny. I think he's great, yeah. And The Daily Show, I think the grind of that does a lot, because it's a daily writing and being funny and Mm -hmm. joke, 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 joke. 
it's not just sitting around and, you know. It's not a half hour day. Right. What I'm saying is that, like, you and I can just do something silly. We can play, like, a, a banana peel. I don't know. Make something funny. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of move on with our lives, right? For him, it's got to be structured. Joke, 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 joke. So he left. John Stewart left eight years ago. And I remember the show when he left because I TiVo'd it. I record it back when their TiVo was a thing. And I, it was like an hour long. It was very emotional. Yeah. The boss was there. Remember that? Sure. His baby, we were born to run. And then he moves on with his life. And now he's coming back on Mondays. I don't understand why people don't like John Stewart very much. I f- find him to be very funny. Mm-hmm. I found him to be consistently very funny talking about politics. I don't necessarily agree with the guy on every policy. But the work that he's done for the firefighters in New York, yeah. the work that he's done for vets, I don't think that anybody could take away his reputation as a player in the world of, world of political commentary, being kind of a step above, you know, this is a guy who's debating Bill O'Reilly, he's mm-hmm. debating Tucker Carlson yeah. in his heyday. This is somebody who, he's got the skills to do it, and so is a, 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 what did that one producer say about Taylor Swift? Respect talent. That's yeah, what yeah, it is. Yeah. You always got to respect talent. So here's, you know, I, I am a devotee of John Stewart. I th- here's what I think. I think John Stewart, when he bailed out in, in uh, eight years ago, mm-hmm. he was working 20 hours a day. He'd been doing it for almost 20 years. It was literally killing him. It was eating him alive. Oh, please. Oh, not dude. You, oh, no, I, I firmly believe that. I think he stepped away because the job had become everything. And he had two young kids. And wanted to say, this is the time of my life. I should be, I've made plenty of money. I should be spending time with my family. Do you think this is going to be a good thing? I mean, they isn't isn't Trevor Noah leaving? He's no longer yeah, the Yeah, Trevor right? Noah is leaving. They haven't picked a permanent successor, so it's been a rotating cast. I think they've had, I don't know, a bunch of people. The only one I can remember right now is Al Franken. Yeah. You know. This is almost like Jay Leno. You remember when they handed the uh, the, the Tonight Show over to Conan? And yeah, then yeah. It just didn't work out. <laughs> and then they brought Jay Leno back almost imme- like yeah. immediately they brought him back and he was going to start hosting again. Yeah. Is this a little bit of that? I mean, Jon Stewart's been gone for years now. Yeah, eight years. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he'll ever do it again full time, but I think it is a good thing to maintain interest in the show and particularly heading into an election year. There are probably going to be a lot of people who really want to hear Jon Stewart. So I think it's going to be a win-win, and at least on Mondays, I'm sure their ratings are going to balance pretty high. He was uh, he was one of the first main, like first media guys to come out, and when he was talking about the origins of COVID, do you remember that? Yeah, when he was yeah. On that Stephen I remember Colbert him. show. Yep. And I think the audience and Stephen Colbert thought that he was joking yeah. at the time because he was saying, you know, it it comes from Wuhan. It comes from Wuhan. It's called the Wuhan virus. I have a little clip of that here. Yeah. And I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science is more I'm than. I'm going to try to fast forward to that science. spot. And that's kind of. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. no. Now, listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'll, do that. I wouldn't for, do that to you. I'm so what, what do you? Takes, but what do you? What, 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 what do you mean by? Do you mean like well, so perhaps a, there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh I, my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no, 
I, I think what I think the the success he'll probably have Ben when he's back at the Daily Show. Yeah, I do think he is more of. I mean, he's obviously like a very. I think he's a very progressive guy right. politically. Oh. But I do think he's more comfortable kind of straddling the fence and being more in the middle. Right. And he's making fun of things that everybody can laugh at. Right. He kind of has that sort of stance of integrity where he can call out things like that from a point of intelligence and honesty. So even if you disagree with him, he wins more respect that His way. His delivery is really good, yeah. too. I think he's a really funny guy. I, I like think him. It's, I think it's going to be I'm very successful. They'll probably try to shove a ton of money down his throat and make him come back full time. But who knows what he's going to do? All right, John and Sherry, they were talking about Oklahoma wants to ban something very personal. Let's hear about it. Oklahoma, very, very conservative state. So they decided they want to do something about people sending nudies and selfies and stuff like that. So what are they trying to do? This is going to be a ban sending um, alleged sexy selfies to anyone unless you're married, nude or not. I love the <laughs> list of all the stuff they consider to be explicit. Uh, <laughs> I know we can't read that out loud, uh, but they're trying to make obscene materials a felony and it would restrict unlawful porn is what they're calling it. So it would be illegal to pose, exhibit, publish any of that. This is a, a thing sponsored by a guy named Dusty Devers. Um, uh. And if that doesn't sound like a porn star name, I don't know what does. He wants to reclassify this not as hardcore porn, porn but as unlawful porn. And okay. it won't prevent spouses from sending images of a sexual nature to each other, but everybody else is included. And if you're wondering how they're going to enforce this, they're going to do yes. what they do in Texas about the like with the abortion thing, where anybody oh, you, can bring a civil suit, out. yeah, mm -hmm. against somebody to tell on them, and and it's a like a ten thousand dollar fine. Whew. So if Eric sends a picture to Sarah of himself or vice versa, that would be illegal in Oklahoma? Unless they were married. So that's the government infringing upon your free speech. Yeah, right. I, I can't imagine that they would be able to do that. Under what grounds? Well, it says here, um, the buying, procuring, viewing, possessing offensive offense would be a felony punishable up to 20 years in prison or a fine up to $25,000. So distributing any pornography that lacks serious, literary, artistic, educational, political, or scientific purposes or value, that's when they would get involved. Um, so you weren't, aren't able uh, to... So it could be scientific. Like, does this look like you know, send a picture of some a naughty part and go, should I have this looked at? Does this look like a rash? Or should I be concerned that it's that it's this big, this small? I mean, you could put <laughs> yeah. that sort of medical Have you ever seen anything there. like this? That type of thing. Yeah. Right. Should I consult a doctor? I guess if you're not sending the picture because you think it's a sexy rash, then everything yeah. should be fine. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. We'll see what Oklahoma does about that. All right, uh, that's been News Roundup. We're out of time. Matt, good stuff, man. Thank you. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I want to let you guys in on a little secret. I'm not a person who rides a ton of public transit. I did at one time in my life try to ride a few buses, and I've ridden a few trains. I've gone on a few long trip uh, train train travel. <laughs> long trip train travel. I've bought, I've gone on a few long train trips on like uh, Amtrak and stuff like that. But I don't tend to spend a lot of time riding public transit. And the reason for this is because, one, 
I value my time. And a lot of public transit takes a lot of time. Like if I wanted to ride the bus to my house from Seattle, I live up north. That would take a long time, like a very long time. And I just don't have enough hours in the day to ride public transit. The other reason I don't ride public transit is because, like we did a study here on the show, or not, we didn't do a study, we covered a study that UW did with um, the uh, folks who run many different public transits, like many different uh, public transits in, like, in different counties. One of them was in King County, one of them was down in Portland, and they were trying to figure out how much, because some of the unions, uh, the bus driving unions and stuff, were saying, we don't know how safe these buses are because there's a lot of drug use that happens on these buses. There's a lot of bad things, and we're worried about the air quality, and we're worried about the substances that are on the different surfaces of the buses. And when you hear a story like that, and you think to yourself, like, you know, you're asking people to get on these buses knowing that, you know, and the, and the test results did prove there's a lot of drugs, like just floating through the air. They said it's not to the point that you need to be worried about it, but you are breathing in this stuff at all times. There's just in like a hundred percent of the air samples that they tested, there was in various different counties from around the area, not just, not just Washington, but in also in Oregon, in a hundred percent of the air tests that they took, they found substances of illegal drugs. I'm sorry, a hundred percent of the surfaces that they tested, they found, and in like a big part of the air that they tested. They found substances floating around the air, like bad drugs. And so when you think about people sitting and riding on those buses, and then you think about the people who are riding those buses who might be totally zonked out on drugs and doing crazy things, and you're stuck on a bus with somebody who's doing crazy things across from you, you're just desperately trying not to make eye contact. You're staring down at your phone, trying not to make eye contact. These are the reasons that I have decided to not ride public transit whenever I can avoid it. Now, if I'm going down to like a Mariners game or something like that, I'm actually still probably not riding public transit because I probably have some of my kids with me. And if I'm taking my kids with me, I'm certainly not getting on public transit. But that's enough about why I don't ride public transit. This is not only a problem here locally. This is apparently also a big problem in the Twin Cities. Listen to this. This is kind of crazy. There have been some incidents on the Twin Cities metro transit system, enough so that they decided they were going to start posting signs for the riders to let them know what kinds of behaviors were legal and also what kinds of behaviors were not legal when riding on a bus. And they posted these giant bright yellow signs right next to these platforms where people would either get on a bus or some sort of a light rail looking thing or a train And people would read these and go, okay, yeah, I guess I won't do those things. I was going to do them, I guess, but uh, I won't since you tell me not to. I'm going to read you some of these. And I want you to try to figure out if you need these reminders before you get on a bus. And I'm not trying to take anything away from people who ride the bus. Quite honestly, if I could count on how easy it would be, if I could count on it being actually a savings of time and money because I hate paying for gas... I could see myself riding a bus, like in a carpool situation, you know, like I could get on at like one of the carpool stations um, or like a park and ride situation where I get on and I drive my car to that spot and then I ride the bus downtown. I could see myself doing that. If it's like a, a, but, but would I ride it all the time? No, absolutely not. Couldn't do it. So in, again, this is not local, so don't start calling King County Metro or anything like that. This is Twin Cities Metro, which is not in our state even. So they posted these signs. This and 
they're ridiculous, you guys. They're so ridiculous. I can't even believe they posted these. Again, bright yellow, and they they start it like this. They describe for the rider what the rider's role is when you step on board one of these transit vehicles. Here it goes. Your role as a rider. Transit vehicles and facilities are shared spaces and come with shared responsibilities. Your role as a rider applies anytime you use the transit system and ensures a clean, safe experience for all. So here's what's required whenever you ride one of these things. Number one, pay your fare. That seems kind of obvious, but I guess people need reminders. Pay as you get on the bus or be prepared to show proof of having paid to correct fare on a metro line. If you don't, you risk being issued a citation. All right, so here's the second one. This is a big one. Wear shirts, bottoms, and shoes. So what they're asking there, essentially, is they're saying you should not be naked on one of these buses. Again, totally fair. And I know people ride these things, and they do all sorts of crazy things. So sometimes you might find somebody on a bus who doesn't have pants on. Now, I don't know why that person doesn't have pants on, but I like to keep a little distance from those people when I can. So I certainly wouldn't sit next to them on the bus. But the Metro is saying, wear shirts, bottoms, and shoes. So that's a good one. Another one, keep your drinks covered. That's nice. They don't want you to spill your coffee on anybody sitting next to you. Another one, they said animals must be kept in a carrier. Uh, these are all pretty simple and not as crazy. They w- they certainly wouldn't denote me de- uh, uh, don't uh, having an entire segment dedicated to this sign. So here's why we're talking about this, because it starts going into crazyville here. Listen to this. They then get into the section that says illegal activity, and it says violators can be removed from transit property. Actions may result in added penalties, interfering with the operator or movement of the vehicle. So they say, do not bother the operator or hold up vehicles. Vandalizing or littering. That's bad. You don't want to vandalize the bus or litter. It says, respect your bus stop, station, bus, or train by putting your garbage in appropriate containers. That's a very good one. Disorderly conduct like smoking, vaping, illegal drug use. That's not allowed. It's illegal and simply not allowed on board or at stops and stations, including e-cigarettes. And if you must smoke, leave the bus shelter or platform area. You also shouldn't be threatening or spitting on others. This, again, is total common sense. Don't spit on people you're riding the bus with. And then this is when it trips into Crazyville. You also shouldn't be pooping or peeing on your transit property. It is not a public restroom, they write. Also, no sexual assault. The bus feels the need to remind you in the Twin Cities to not sexually assault anyone. Sexual contact without consent is forbidden on these buses. Great reminder. That's a good thing. We should all remember that. Walking on the tracks, trespassing, also something they highly discourage. They say that sexual or discriminatory harassment is also not allowed. Do not harass anyone while waiting or riding public transit. You're also not allowed to have a phone call on speaker. Now, for this one, I do not understand why this was grouped in with the craziness of pooping and peeing and sexual assault. I would much rather sit next to somebody who is talking loudly on a phone call, on speaker. That's not a big deal for me. It's a much bigger deal if I see somebody pooping or peeing or threatening to sexually assault me. That's the one I'd want to avoid. But somebody talking on their phone, that's not a big deal. Also, they say don't be gambling, don't be soliciting or panhandling, and try to avoid flammable objects when you ride the bus. So if you're in the Twin Cities metro area and you had any questions about what kind of behavior was acceptable on the buses as you ride, now you know. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show, so don't miss a bit. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Nights.
You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm your host, Jake Scorheim. All right, I want to tell you guys a little bit of a story. Have you guys heard about this Barbie controversy that's going around? It's sweeping the internet. Everybody seems very, very, very upset that Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, and the director of Barbie, who is a talented filmmaker whose name is Greta Gerwig, neither of them received actor or director nominations for an Oscar. However, the person who did receive a nomination for an Oscar at the recent Oscar nominations was Ken, who kind of plays the side character, comically so. And basically the movie is talking about how Barbie has to work so much harder in the world of men to be successful. And then here you go. You have the Academy saying, well, Ken, who's in a much smaller part of the movie, he's actually going to get nominated for an Academy Award. Ryan Gosling apparently was saying how he was, you know, wishing his co-stars had gotten nominated. But, you know, if he gets the award, he's still going to keep it, obviously, because it's an Oscar. You're not going to give up an Oscar. Here's a little clip of Ryan singing as Ken in the Barbie movie. Doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm always number two. No one knows how hard I tried. Oh, oh, I, I have feelings that I can't explain. Driving me insane. All my life been so polite. But I'll sleep alone tonight Cause I'm just kidding Anywhere else I'd be dead. That was funny, that line about him always feeling like the number two When he's in the top spot right now He's very successful with this movie The movie did phenomenal It's not like, they're, it's not like they weren't nominated They were nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards in different categories Just not the two really standout ones Which would be Best Actress or... Uh, Best Director. But there's a lot of people that are nominated. It's not a guarantee you're going to get nominated every single year. Hillary Clinton even got in on this. She tweeted out or X'd out or whatever you want to call it. It's on social media. She got into the action. Hillary Clinton got into the action, which actually, uh, yeah, no, it's a strange thing that she got into. I'm not sure why she did, but she did. I don't know. Maybe she's friends with Greta or Margot, but she said this. She said on her X account, Greta and Margot, well, it can sting to win the box office, but not take home the gold. Your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than Knuff, uh, spelled K-E-N, enough, like Knuff, Ken. It's hashtag Hillary Barbie. Uh, this did make me think that a Hillary Barbie is probably something that Mattel considered at one point. Uh, she was going. She was the first lady of the United States. Maybe Mattel would still consider this, and if they did, that would be very interesting. And little kids all over America could play with tiny, tiny little pantsuits. That would be fun. But... Listen to this. I thought this was some common sense, and it seemed like a a worthy thing to play for you guys. Whoopi Goldberg, who herself is an Oscar-winning actress. I believe she won Best Supporting Actress in Ghost, which was a great Patrick Swayze movie. And to me more, back in the 1980s, I don't know if you remember the premise of that movie, Patrick Swayze accidentally... Turns, I mean, nobody, nobody's planning on dying, but Patrick Swayze is killed. He then turns into a ghost, and Whoopi Goldberg plays what we think, or what she thinks, is kind of just a scam. Uh, uh, what is a person who reads minds? Not reads minds. Psychic. She plays like kind of a scam psychic, except she actually is getting some messages from Patrick Swayze. She's the only one that can see him, and so Patrick Swayze starts speaking through Whoopi Goldberg to his love of his life his wife, Demi Moore, and trying to send her messages about who killed him and also things that he wished he had said during his lifetime. So Whoopi Goldberg won an Academy Award for that, 
uh, back in the 1980s. And she was saying on The View, which she now hosts, she said, listen, people who don't get nominated for Oscars, they're not being snubbed. It just didn't happen for you. And you shouldn't complain about it because it doesn't happen for a lot of people. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. That doesn't mean your movie wasn't successful. It just means that for whatever reason, people decided not to give you a nomination. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong either. And here's the deal. No, everybody doesn't win. Everybody doesn't win. Some people don't get... Listen, I... (laughs) You know about the snubs. Well, well, but they're not snubs. And that's what I want to sort of point out. And it's not the elites. It's the entire family of the Academy Awards who vote for Best Picture nominations. Okay? We all vote for Best Picture. Everybody. So there are seven to ten nominations that happen. And you don't get everything that you want to get. You know? Uh, everywhere, all the time, everything. that yeah. All at once. All at once. Uh, one Best Actress. <laughs> Something in yeah. it. But not the whole movie. Yeah, I so would have liked happens. to have seen Origin, you know, and 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 that was, in my view, a snub. So you know, but there not are no everybody snubs. gets a prize. That and that's what you have to keep in mind. Yeah. Not everybody gets a prize, and it is subjective. Movies are subjective. The movies you love may not be loved by the people who are voting. Yeah, she basically just says it's subjective. Lots of people are voting. They all have very, very different tastes. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles in Hollywood. It just doesn't work all the time. You don't get everything you want. The movie still made more than a billion dollars. So clearly it was well-received, did very well. And I don't think anybody is going to feel too bad for the folks at Barbie. But if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. So do yourself a favor. If you haven't gone and downloaded our podcast yet, do that right now. I mean, yeah, actually, you could do that right now. If you're listening live to the show right now, do it. Look up on your phone, wherever you get your podcast, and look up Kyra Knights with Jake Scorheim. And then mash down that follow button so you never have to miss a second of the wonderful, wonderful stuff that we provide for you here every single day. All right, we got a lot more coming up. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Knights.